The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we continue in our series on family matters, we are looking at the biblical pattern for the family as set forth in Colossians chapter 3. Today we come to the role of wives in the marriage relationship. What does God say about the wife's role? When he mentions submission, what does that mean from a biblical perspective? And how are we to model this before those who are not in the kingdom of God? We will begin today to look at this biblical commandment for wives, and we will see what submission is not, and we will see what godly submission truly is. Ultimately, we will find that doing things God's way is always best. We hope you'll stay tuned for the message, but first we have a song selection that we hope you enjoy.
especially need your prayers as we continue this morning in the series we've been on about family matters. And we're, we've said before we're preaching about family matters because family matters. It matters more today than it ever has. And these messages are for all of us. They're for those of us who are married. There are those that are not married, for those that have been married, for those who hope to get married, for those who never intend to get married. Uh, whatever your situation is, these messages are for us. And the reason is because they're from the Word of God. There's nothing in God's Word that isn't appropriate and applicable to each and every one of us. So t today, as we begin uh, moving forward a little bit in Colossians chapter 3, uh, we're going to be talking about wives, okay? So I don't want you men to tune out. Not at all. In fact, I want you to listen up because it's very important that we all hear what God has to say with us to us. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, we sort of have our marching papers there for everything we do in the kingdom of God and indeed in life itself, if we're children of God. It says, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Notice the bookends here of this meddling passage and that's what some people think about this passage oh now you're meddling preacher i love to hear about grace i love to hear about uh the way we um we've been saved by the power of god but now when you start talking about my marriage you started meddling well i take comfort in the fact that if i am indeed meddling this morning it's because the word of god meddles the word of god meddles in the very details of our lives okay and we need to realize that God, you know, sometimes I've heard young people say, I just wish there was, a, there was a roadmap for marriage. Well, there is. There is. It's right here. I wish there was a roadmap for how to raise children. There is. It's right here. I wish there was a roadmap for how to deal with people at work. Oh, there is. Servants, obey your masters. And we read in other places about masters how you should treat your servants. And that's not just talking about slaves. I mean, I realize that particular application here of a servant was literally a slave but think about how that applies in our day, world today how that if you are in a position of authority there's certain things you should do in the way you treat your employees if you're an employee with a supervisor there's a way you should approach your job it applies in everything and what we have here is we have God dealing with the most basic relationships of life the most and he begins by saying, everything you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And he ends up by saying, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Which should put a new perspective on everything that we're about to read. Because see, I've said this very often. In fact, every time I've counseled 
a young couple who's about to get married, I've reminded them and tried to multiple times, just remember it's not about you. It's not about you. Even, it's not even about your marriage. It's about reflecting Christ in your life in every way that you live. So this morning we want to talk about wives submitting yourselves. And I know that's dangerous territory. <laughs> that's, a play, that's something that's hated by the world. Let me just say this. But I believe if we can understand what it means from a biblical standpoint, we won't hate it. We'll embrace it. So now, first things first. First things first, I want to share a quick message to everybody, okay? The first thing we need to remember is when we come to hard passages like that, passages that really aren't hard to understand, just hard to apply and hard based on the culture we live in, we must first understand that we must never apologize for what God says in Scripture. We must never apologize for what God says in Scripture. Remember, He is the Creator. He is the great designer, and He always knows best. His plan and purpose for our lives is always the highest and best purpose. And you know, He's been leading us up to that, right? I mean, you remember one of the things we've already read about in this chapter here, chapter 3 and verse 16, said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. He said, let the word of Christ, let what Christ says dwell in you, not the wisdom of this world. The wisdom of this world is, 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 is horrible. The wisdom of this world contradicts itself. I mean, I, I preached a message, not here, but it's been several years ago at another church, uh, comparing the wisdom, the, the wise so-called sayings of this world with, with the wisdom of God. And, you know, you can find something to justify anything you're doing if you go out in the world. Think about this. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know, you've heard that in the world, right? That's, oh, that sounds so good. Just go stay away for years, and you'll get fonder and fonder of somebody, Right? But, but think about the other, think about the other saying that's out there, out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> See, even the wisdom of the world contradicts itself. So that's why we need something from the Word of God. We need a Word of God. And, and secondly, we, we must always be diligent to protect our marriages. And I'm not just talking to the married I'm talking to the unmarried. I'm talking to those who have been married. I'm talking to those who may never get married. But I'm telling you, marriage and family is important. We must protect that in the world that we live in, and it is under attack today. And the only true refuge we have is to flee to the Word of God. Flee to the Word of God. Thirdly, we've got to remember this, too. We must recognize that the message I'm about to preach to you, indeed the message of the Scripture, is not a message to the world. What are you saying? Well, it's not written to the Gordo City Council. It's not written to the Pickens County Commission. It's not written to the Alabama Legislature. It's not written to the Colossian Town Fathers. If you go back to the very first chapter... Those first four verses say, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae. Grace be unto you. Peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. Notice. 
This message is written to the saints, to the faithful brethren, to those who have faith in Jesus Christ, to those who have loved to all the saints. And my point is this, this message only works in the regenerated, faithful people of God. If you're talking about some kind of message to worldly folks out there, then it's going to get out of whack no matter what happens. But as I said earlier, God here is dealing with the basic relationships of life, and he begins with the most basic, marriage. Now, I said first things first. Let's do second things second. This is a message to the men, okay? This is a message to the men. First of all, we're going to talk about submission. You know, and I see men back there saying, oh, yeah, I'm ready to hear about my wife submitting to me. Submission is not applicable only to wives, okay? If you go back with me to the book of Ephesians, which carries sort of a parallel message here, uh, in beginning in chapter 5 primarily, and you'll, you go back over and you see what God prompted Paul to start out that chapter with. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, he said, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now, what is a follower? And he's not talking just to the women here. He's talking to everybody at Ephesus. He's talking to the whole realm of Christendom here, in a sense. A follower is one who submits to the leadership of somebody else. Okay, And if you come on down to uh, throughout that chapter, he's talking about all the things we need to put away, all the things kind of like just almost parallel, just expanded a little bit about as what we've seen in chapter three of Colossians. And he gets down to verse 21. And right before he goes into the passage about wives, he said, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Immediately prior to the wife's admonishment, Paul tells us all to submit to one another. Now, let me just say this. That's not saying he's not about to negate what he's going to tell us here. He's about to lay out the order of things. And by the way, the Bible is replete with the concept of authority and submission to that authority. Uh, he, you know, we can go all over the scripture and talk about submission to God's authority. Uh, and and, and we can, you can read about that on every page of the Bible. You go to Romans chapter 13, for example, in verse 1. You don't, you don't have to turn there, but you can write these down if you're interested. And he talks about submission to worldly authority. He said, let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there's no power but of God. Those powers that, or, that be are ordained of God, you see. And then he comes down in Hebrews chapter 13. He tells us about submission to church authority. He said in chapter 13 and verse 17, obey them that have the rule over you that, and submit yourselves. That's me, by the way. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to obey me, but not in every little thing I tell you, but only when I'm telling you things that are in accord with God's word. The ruler of the church in, this, in an earthly sense is the pastor who is supposed to be leading you in the way that God would have you to be led. Now, you, and he says, he goes on to say, uh, let it, uh, uh, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves 
yourselves, for they watch for your souls. See, if I weren't watching for your soul, it would be kind of hard to obey me, wouldn't it? If I weren't, if you didn't think I was really up here concerned about your, uh, your spiritual walk and your spiritual life, then you might just want to dismiss me. And in fact, that's what we do to a lot of television preachers I look at. I don't pay any attention to them because they're not watching for your soul. They're watching for their pocketbook. <laughs> I'm not watching for my pocketbook. I'm watching for your soul. I don't always get it right. But you see, there's a concept in the church of submission to authority. Because guess what? It says, as they, they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Did you know I've got to give an account to how I've tried to lead you here? That's, a, that's an overwhelming burden sometimes. That's not, I'm not complaining. I'm just telling you, remember that when you're, when you're hearing, when you hear a preacher get up here and try to preach to you and maybe he messes up, maybe he doesn't get it just right. Maybe he says something that's, that's a little offensive to you. But let me tell you, he's do, if, he's do, if he's got the right mindset, he's watching for your soul. And he's got to give an account for it. I can't just get up here and say, I think it'd be fun to talk about this today. I've got to preach what God lays on my heart. I've got to preach it from the Word of God. And I've got to try to get it right. <laughs> and, and, and when the congregation listens, when the con you know, I, I appreciate, I don't get too far off here, Brother Mackey, but I appreciate every dime that this church has given me through the years. I, 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 I'm, I'm humbled. I'm thankful. I heard Brother David Crawford preaching this morning on grace alone. He said, he said though, that the, the one way to tell whether a man's a, a hireling or the shepherd or the under-shepherd is to, is to tell him he's not going to ever get paid again to come preach. Well, I can tell you that I would pay you to let me preach. I would do, I, 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 that's, I appreciate everything, and I appreciate all the, every dime you give me, it's, it's so... It's so appreciated, so needed, so thankful. And others, there will be men that come. I won't always be your pastor. There will be those that come in that might not have a job, that might be retired. They may need you to support them even more. But, but I'm telling you, I appreciate it. But you know what I, you know what I appreciate the most? You know what I, what I remember the most is when somebody comes to me and says, Preacher, you said something in a sermon last year or the other day or sometime like that, and it made a difference in my life. I was able to avoid something that would have been a pitfall, or I was able to get out of something that was, that was afflicting me. And that, that lifts me up more. That encourages me more than anything. You see, the preacher's watching for your soul, and, you sh and, and the Bible teaches we should obey them that have the rule over us. We should listen to them who are preaching to us from the Word of God. And if they're preaching the truth, we should heed it. And then you talk about submission to parental authority, honor your parents, honor your father and your mother. You know, that's pretty, and, and even in one place, in First Peter, it talks about the younger submitting to the elder, you know. Listen to those who are older. Listen to those who have been walking in the faith longer than you have. Pay attention to them. See, submission is not just for the wives. It's for all of us. We should be living submissive lives. And now a second thing, <laughs> men, this passage, verse 18 of Colossians 3, is not written to us as men, but it's written for us, like much of the Bible. Remember that. Not everything in the Bible is written to us, but it's written, everything in the Bible is written for us. For example, 
over in, I believe it's the 8th chapter of John, he, Jesus says in one place, ye are of your father the devil. Well, I hope he's not writing that to us, but he's writing it for us that we might learn from it. My point about this passage is this for us men. This passage, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, is not a club that we can use to beat our wives over the heads with, okay? This is an admonishment to her, not to us as men. She is to voluntarily submit herself. It's not a slave labor situation where it's up to us to make her submit. However, we men need to listen closely to this because what we're going to hear about this ought to really terrify us in some ways about our responsibilities, which brings me to my last point to the men. This passage ought to inspire us as men more than probably any passage in the scripture to be more Christ-like in our walk. Think about the awesome treasure, the awesome responsibility that God has entrusted men with that the wife is supposed to be submissive to you. Do you deserve it? I don't know about you, but I don't. I'm the least deserving of that, and yet God says that that's the way it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader, and I feel like, I just feel like a dead dog sometimes. And by the way, a true leader is not somebody who barks out orders. A true leader is a servant leader. Somebody who's willing to do the, the, the tasks that he assigns others to do. He's willing to do it all, you see. Men... We are the spiritual leaders of our households, and we should be true servant leaders. 1 Peter 3 and verse 7, you might want to look at that. Listen to this. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, speaking of wives, according to knowledge. By the way, we're going to come back to us husbands here for long, and, and, and I don't ever want to hear anybody say, I just can't figure women out. You know, well, maybe you can't figure women out, but there's one you got to figure out. He says, you're to dwell with her according to knowledge, okay? Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. There's a lot to unpack in that that we're not going to go into today because we're going to come back to it. But notice that we are to dwell with our wives as unto the weaker vessel. That word weaker vessel is is probably, I won't say better described, but that word, that word weaker, weaker vessel, I've heard it described as a fragile vase. The idea is that this is a treasure that you are there to protect, and it's been entrusted to you. So what I'm about to preach to you about wives' submission ought to make us as men be convicted, first of all, and be desirous of living more godly lives. Because quite frankly, what we're going to read is that they're to submit to us as, as we submit unto the Lord. You know, I've never had any trouble submitting to Christ. You know why I've never had any trouble submitting to Christ? It's because he's never had anything but my best interest at heart. Not one time have I had to worry that he's doing something for his own selfish motives. No, I can follow him and I can submit to him in everything. And that's the way the wives ought to be able to do to us, men. They ought to be able to submit to us as we are Christ-like. So, having gotten that out of the way, let's move into submission now. Let's talk, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. 
It occurred to me as I was studying for this, to, to preach on this, that we probably first ought to lay out what submission is not, what it is not. So, so let's talk about that for a few minutes. Submission is not subjugation or slavery, okay? Now remember when this was written too. In the Roman times, women were basically pieces of property. They were slaves, basically. They couldn't marry who they wanted to. They were given in marriage by their fathers to whoever the father wanted them to marry. And then they could be put away. They could be, uh, in, in fact, it was, it, they were cheated on all the time. That was, it was a common practice. It was almost expected in Roman times that if, if you were a married man, that you would have a mistress on the side at some point, maybe multiple mistresses. They were treated like property and they were treated like slaves. And what the New Testament teachings did, what Paul's writings, you know, sometimes the feminists of this world accuse Paul of being a woman hater. Paul was a woman lover because the Bible, God loves women. God loves his children who are women. He loves all of his children in the same way. And, and the New Testament teachings freed her to become that which God wanted her to be. You remember back, you don't have to turn there, but in uh, the second chapter of Genesis, uh, you know what it says about the woman that was made for the man. She was a help meet for him. That means not, she was not a slave. She was not a, uh, someone that he had to put into subjugation, but she was a helper that was appropriate for him. That was what she was created to be. And so that means that a woman, when she marries, does not lose her identity. She doesn't relinquish her personality. She doesn't become a wallflower. She doesn't hide behind submission in order to avoid responsibility. That can happen too. I've seen that happen in, in, in otherwise very godly people in marriages that uh, it seems like the wife has decided, well, he's got all the responsibility. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> See, the woman, the wife, is a helper to her husband. That is what she was created to be. And, and that means, she's, as I said, she's active. She's, she's active in, 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 in the work of the, of, the, um, of the relationship, of the marriage. Look with me back over to Acts chapter 18, just, and we're going to come back there in a moment too. And notice that there was a man named Apollos who began to preach in Ephesus. And he was mighty in the scriptures and instructed in the way of the Lord, we're told. And he was fervent, and you know Apollos ends up making his mark. The Lord used him mightily in, in the early church. But notice it says in verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla heard, had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Notice it didn't say Aquila said, Priscilla, go sit in the corner while, me, while the men talk. No, the two of them together instructed this great man of God more perfectly in the way, more perfectly in the teachings, more perfectly in what he should be preaching. Now here's the point that I want to make to you, that you as a wife have a great duty in the home and in the kingdom of God. We don't believe that women are called into the ministry, but women are called to minister within the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, there have been more, there are so many wonderful Christian godly ladies in this church and, and elsewhere that have helped me and have encouraged me and have 
convicted me in so many ways. You serve a vital role. You don't become a wallflower, okay? Submission is not subjugation or slavery. Submission is also not inferiority. You're not to submit to your husband because he's somehow inherently greater in his worth or his ability. In fact, you're not below your husband at all. And I mean, not even just a little bit, okay? Understand, that's not, well, you're a little, no, you're not below, you're not inferior even just a little bit. I've seen many marriages where the wife is superior to her husband in many ways, intellectually, spiritually, physically. I've seen many situations where the wife is, has got gifts that the husband does not have. And she has, by the way, she's got the same calling. Adam and Eve both had the calling to labor six days, just like, just like him. You know, we often emphasize the differences, don't we? We like to do that in this culture. We like to be split up in all kinds of ways. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, I get that there's some differences in the way many men and many women process things. But, you know, Adam, when God put Adam to sleep and he took the rib and, and he, made, he made Eve and then woke Adam up and Adam, I can see him rubbing his eyes and he's looking there and he sees Eve. He didn't say, what planet did she come from? She must be from Venus, you know. He didn't do that. He said, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. He embraced her. He knew that she was there for him, uh, for, for him and her to face this world together. You know, the woman's not only from the, the same planet that we're on, she's from the same body. <laughs> she was taken out of the man. And by the way, I say this sometimes in marriage uh, ceremonies, but I, I find it appropriate and very informing that Adam, that God took a bone from Adam's side. He didn't take a bone from his head where that the woman would be superior to him. He didn't take a bone from his foot where that he could walk all over her and show inferiority. He took a bone from, from his side near his heart near his heart. And I believe that shows us that there's a important concept of equality and oneness in a marriage. Adam in his manhood was to lead and to have the primary responsibilities of leadership as the head of the marriage, but Eve in her womanhood was to gladly affirm and support him and to be united with him and together they would display the image of God. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J, C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. 